0: so hi well the good noise podcast i'm shane i'm glory and we're here with
1: eric from proper
0: and we're asking some questions say about their upcoming album the great american novel so congrats on that by the way how do you feel about the response to the announcement so far
2: really happy um just over the moon but with the last you know year and a half of just nothing Mm -hmm. just getting something out that's that we can actually like play shows on and stuff is really good so we're just really excited for it to finally drop and I think it's the longest wait we've had between writing and releasing a record. So we're just, we're just ready, y'all. We're just so excited.
0: How long did you sit on it for?
2: <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's 2022. We wrote these songs in November of 2020. Okay. And then we recorded literally a week ago, or a year ago this week, like, I'm turning 31 tomorrow. I turned 30 last year in the studio recording Happy this record. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Thank,
1: Thank you. Yeah.
2: So yeah, a, a year of like, okay, it's done. Now we're going to put it out in two months. And then, you know, 10 more months later.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: well, it's finally, finally almost out. The yeah. album mm-hmm. rocks, by the way, though.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank 100%. you so much.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank
2: you.
1: Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art?
2: Uh, yeah. So um, I'm very much a... I don't want to say nerd, but like, I like some lore, you know? So mm-hmm. like my favorite bands are like Coed and Cambria or like uh, I like came up on like Dance Gavin Dance was my like hot topic, quote unquote, <laughs> core band yeah. and how they always have their album covers coalesce and they have like, you know, Death of the Strawberry part one, two, three, and four uh, or like Me Without You, how their album covers are the same uh, uh, not author, sorry, artist every time. So mm-hmm. I always, I know I started proper. I wanted to do something like that. Uh, every vinyl has like part one part two part this one's gonna have like part three on it mm-hmm. so for the cover uh there's always a color and a flower and a mash that represents kind of what the general gist is so oh. for this cover uh, it was white and I really wanted to flip where like white is always like heaven and stuff I wanted like that drab like winterness to it mm-hmm. um I grew up in, in Alaska for a few years so I, I really associate white with just death <laughs> um, so white is just like that just like creeping just dread and then the flowers are um love lies bleeding which is like it's pretty metal sounding flower name so they just represent like despair just you know the same general thing as the white and then the master's time was a hanged clansman um just to go with the whole really drawing in the american theme Uh, the first two records obviously they're pretty like america heavy but this one really we tried to dial it up so Mm -hmm. and then the, the title is a reference so on the second reference or second album, I referenced the first record. And then on this record, on the sec on this one, the title is from, I think the title track of the last record. So I knew I wanted to like keep that theme. Uh, I wrote that line about the Great American Novel on the last album and be like, man, that's a really nice like string of words. Maybe I could use that somewhere. And then like, it just hit me. It's like, that should be the album name. And yeah. just this whole thought of like the Great American Novel, when you think about the placemark books are always like straight white men who are just kind of fucking up.
0: Mm-hmm. and
2: getting a pass so yeah. I just really wanted to um <laughs> really wanted to flip that on its head and have us write something from that perspective and like a great white great American novel that's like not just your Tony Sopranos or your your uh Don Draper types or Colden Coffee. so just kind of trying to toss that on on his head.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm so happy you brought up the actual, uh, the Hanging Klansman on the back of the cover because that's what's actually caught my eye. And when I saw mm-hmm. it, I was like, holy shit. I have to <laughs> talk to him about this. Yeah. It just, I was like, I've never seen something so out there. And yeah. just, oh, I was I was blown away when I saw it. I was like, I Thank have you. I have to talk to him about this. It was impressive. <laughs> I, I I loved it. I loved Thank it. you.
2: Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Yeah, we, uh, the masks are always like pretty... Usually, like, let's make it as super literal as possible. But this one, I was like, let's just, like, sum up how we feel out of America in one go. Yeah. And so I yeah. think that really uh, gives you a good idea of, like, okay, they're not playing around. If you haven't heard of us, it, like, makes you want to click and see, like, what is this about? So yeah. a lot of, hopefully, alleyways for that that are going to hopefully pay off.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's, it's super cool that, like, you connect all of the albums together and, like, do callbacks to, like, the previous ones super Mm -hmm. sick and i also see a cat walking around in the back we have to meet him (laughs) or her before the end of the the interview please
2: yeah they uh they they do what they want but hopefully they'll make another appearance so i can yeah okay i'll I'll get them over here if i can yeah yeah
0: um so while we wait for that uh can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album
2: yeah so this time so proper as me my friend Elijah on drums and my friend Tosh on bass, Natasha on bass. And usually it's just been me being like, here's the song, write a part to of it. Um, this time around, I don't know, I guess it's been like after like five, six years of knowing them, I was just like, I'm going to try and like write with people. Mm-hmm. So it was like the most cohabitated writing process we've ever done. Um, so me and Eli started off, uh, we have a practice space. That's like a month to month spot that we can just go in anytime. So we'd go in there, like, I don't know, 8, 9 p.m., uh, Bring like, a case of beers. And, like, I feel like this is one idea I have. And then we kind of knock out the instrumental for a, about, about a song a day up until we got about, like, 10, 11 songs. And then uh, Tosh was getting in there probably around, like, song 8-ish mm-hmm. and would, like, be like, yeah, we should go to this part and, like, a little bass. Like, I think Red, White, and Blue was the one where we all really coalesced and we were like, oh, wow. Uh, that little bridge I kind of got lost after the second course was like I don't really know what to do and then they just filled in the blanks and it really came together so usually it's like make the instrumentals and then I just kind of write the lyrics um, after the fact and put it I put it all into GarageBand uh, like a little drum loop here and there and then yeah. I kind of been like this is what I'm thinking now let's write like the actual parts the guitar uh, flesh out the bass if there's like a vocal part that could be like syncopated with drums and, and instruments, let's work on that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of just like our first time being collaborative, me trying to be like open to all suggestions. Cause usually I'm, I'm I, I, sh- I struggle in that arena in most parts of life in general.
1: Mm-hmm. Fair That's awesome. I'm glad you finally opened up and, you know, let them work on it as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. It is the plan to keep the writing process collaborative?
2: I think so. Yeah. It's, um, I think this is also just the longest band I've been in um, or the longest running band. So like now that we're just like best friends and like we know each other super well, I can really just I, I know that they get what I'm going for now, because, you know, when you're like the singer songwriter in a band, um, it sometimes it's just like doesn't work out. And I've never run to that, this issue with this band. And it really feels like we really get each other And writing music is really fun for the first time in my life at 31 uh, with other people. So I definitely want to like, I just, I can't wait to do it again. Just like getting some beers and seeing where we go with an idea. Hell yeah.
1: Sure. Uh, So I want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this album and the meaning behind it.
2: Oh God. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a hard one. Okay. Okay. So we have 15 songs, favorite lyric, I think, Hmm. I think it's probably the final track. It's called Yeah, I'm Good. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, I think my first time kind of making a, I don't wanna say like synth heavy, but it's, there are no really like natural instruments. There's like a looped guitar part, but even the bass is a synth. Um, Mm. So it was my first time trying to like write a more pop oriented song, I guess I could say. And I just didn't know what I wanted it to be about. And then I, so usually when I'm not sure. I just start like humming a melody. And I don't know, for this song, like, I immediately, like, was having the melody, and um, it's a line about Sylvia Plath, and it's, um, for the whole lines. when I was younger, I was gifted, I was gonna go far, now I'm 30, I'm reading, now I'm 30, and I'm bit bitter reading The Bell Jar, and it kind of, like, and once I got that down, like, the whole song just mapped itself out, like, in my head, so it felt like, I don't know, it felt like a good ender of the album, to, by, tying back into the Great American Novel theme, because I mm-hmm. wasn't sure how I wanted to end it at first. And it just felt really like, it really sums up what the whole album is about. Because yeah. um, again, going back to Great American Novel, about how it's all like these young straight white men and like mm-hmm. the theme of this record just being the queer young black and Mexican person trying to navigate yourself. And that whole young idealism where you can like, I can take a punch and now I'm, now that I'm 30, not so much. I can't, yeah. I could, maybe I could take a, a punch, but I'm it's going to take me longer to get back up. Mm-hmm. So that I feel like that line really, just surmise what the entire theme of the record was it's
1: yeah right. perfect
2: uh
0: so how did the track list for the album come about did you guys write the opening with the opener closer bit of closer did you shuffle around see what fits what was that process like
2: um usually what so what i'll do like i, I like to think of it as a like a season of television so i have a google doc and i have like like a blank space one through like usually 15 to 16 and then i put in what I want each song to be about at the top of that, there are three general themes of the record. And then I just, uh, I'm one of those people where, like, if I think of a riff, I'll record it and I'll just save it in my back pocket. So there are some riffs on this album that are 11 years old. Wow. Um, so I would just go with stuff like, um, all right, this song is like pretty anthemic. Let's make it go with this theme. Like, Oh, that's not working out. How about this theme? And kind of go from there. But, um, I think the first, technically the first song I wrote was, um, Oh my god! Either McConnell or Chuck and Jive. Uh, Twelve years ago, <laughs> um, wow. I wrote. Yeah, those those two instrumentals were like I wrote them and I sat on them for over a decade. But, yeah. Like, uh, and then I just like kind of changed it. You know, I was I was nineteen or twenty, so I changed the lyrics to be more now and actually good. Um, but like the first song that I wrote that was like complete was probably actually the first song on the album. Um, you good? Which I don't normally we don't do. I just kind of we figure out the songs and then. I kind of we kind of placed them in the order that makes sense, but yeah, I think I wrote because it's only like ninety seconds long. So I wrote you good, and that was when I was like, okay, we're we're finally we are writing a record.
1: Mm -hmm. All right, perfect. Uh, So would you be able to tell us where headspace is at while you were creating this album?
2: I mean, (laughs) it sucks to say, but like the uncertainty of the future. What with I think it was uh, we were talking to labels in like summer and fall twenty. Twenty, um mm-hmm. so like we're on lockdown already for like six months, and it's at the height of like, is this life now? Are th- mm-hmm. well, Are we going to all just die? Are things that open back up? um How bad is COVID? So it was just really from a place of despair and just restlessness, really, about how the future is going to go. Which I, I, still, you know, as a millennial, I still feel that a lot. Um, my younger brother, he's Gen Z, and still. It just seems to be the mood of the party, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so so mostly from a place like that. And because I knew I wanted to play into my love of, of literature more this for this album. And, you know, a pandemic kind of hit at the perfect time. Um, I feel like a lot of interviews for the last two records, we got a lot about like, oh, you always have such an uplifting message and then, you always bring it back around no matter how dark it gets. And this time mm-hmm. I wanted to really explore how dark it could get without a yeah. resolution.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. Perfect. Um, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they do it in the car with friends and the dark with headphones on? Is it a party album, workout album? What do you personally recommend?
2: Um, It's definitely a crying album. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, what I usually do for all records, really, is I just like listen to it alone and have the lyrics on if the lyrics are out yet, you know, but I definitely would, this is not a friends, you know, a party album like no. the last one. So definitely, I think, you know, alone uh, there's just like some heavy topics on it so i i mm-hmm. usually would just recommend like alone if you want to have the lyrics up that's cool if you want to like set a nice mood color if you can just definitely yeah it's not a first listen is not chill with my friends listen it's going to ruin the party if it's like summer and you're on your way somewhere you know <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> uh,
1: so this one should be super super quick off the top of your mm-hmm. head i want you to describe this album for your listeners in three words no more no less
2: Three words. Okay. Three words. Um, layered. Mm-hmm. Um, three words. So layered. Yeah. Uh, literary. we I've okay. been telling people we're a lit rock band, which it's not as funny as the jokes I thought it was six months ago. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs>
1: great. it's great.
2: It's great. Because <laughs> everyone's like lit, like like lit, like party rock. I'm, I'm like no. <laughs> so yeah, single-handedly
0: um, bringing back party rock. <laughs> you
2: know oh, yeah. why not? But, uh, so yeah, and then the third one would be drastic it's just really drastic you know like we take we, we really swing for some fences and i i hope that people will appreciate them we we've never really done too many heavy songs so really just trying to up the drama and be drastic as possible
1: 100 right.
0: uh so in that same train of thought is there a certain feeling or emotion you want listeners to have going through the album
1: um i think
2: while it is a pretty despair-laden album, having that, like, that willingness to rage, you know? It's like like when I first heard Rage Against the Machines or System of a Down, like, yeah, they're singing about, you know, System of a Down, like, singing about Armenian genocide and, and their parents just making it barely making it out of the country. But it was still, they were bops. Like, they were still, like, you're you you you're ready to organize after you hear this. Mm-hmm. It makes you angry. It gets you in that headspace, like, yeah. I need to do something about this. So that's, like, hopefully what we're going for. Um whether that like lands is remained to be seen but yeah that place of like defiance and no matter how bad it gets like you like would hopefully listen to this record and be like i'm not gonna let them win today is hopefully what the mind space we're going for
1: right. mm-hmm. that's definitely what i got when i listened to it so uh, yeah thank you yeah <laughs> you got it uh, so what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this album
2: Oh man, definitely being in the studio. So Mm -hmm. our first two records were were very DIY, which I think you can hear in the production. Um, So we signed the father daughter and got an advance that like really fit what we were going for this time around. And our friend Bartiz, I think it was before his record had come out, Bartiz Strange. And like, I remember calling him, he was, he pulled over on the side of the road. He's like, yes, I am so down, please let me do this. And I think we spent about a week, maybe eight days down in Virginia. And it was just, uh, I don't know, I can't speak for my bandmates, but for me, my first time, like, playing in a real studio that wasn't, like, in a converted apartment and, mm-hmm. like, playing a, a $200 pedal that I only ever saw, you know, my favorite bands play live or, yeah. you know, playing a $3,000 guitar that I'm just like, if I drop this, I will disintegrate the dust. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, and then just, the, the, just the funness of, like, we hadn't really seen Bartiz since he had moved from Brooklyn to D.C., so just, like, Make m- making music all day and then going back to Bartiz's and like ordering um, ordering Perry Perry Chicken and something and just talking about music, watching music videos. At that time, it was only February. His album came out in October, so like or had it been October? I'm, I'm trying to think. His, either, his album either just came out or was about to come out. So mm-hmm. talking to him about what he was excited about like once he finally got to tour again also. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his album had just come out that that previous October. So just like the zest for music and and the culture, just like being there every moment in the room.
1: Oh Oh, yeah. That must've been great.
0: Yeah. Uh, So picture this, you're on Tori at a gas station for a rest stop. What was your snack (laughs) of choice?
2: Oh God. I could probably guarantee everyone's answer for Tosh. It would probably be some ridiculous cheese or like a persimmon that she found. She's the most, when it comes to snacks, Tosh will try just about any crazy thing. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Eli is very much a, uh, if there's chicken, I, th- I think you'd probably get a chicken strip. Just one or two. He's a sensible man. It's 11 oh, a.m., okay. but he only needs one, you know. Only one. Okay. Uh, yeah. For me, I definitely I usually do all the driving. So for me, it's probably about 30 ounces of coffee and oh. then um, some jerky and pineapple. So just to, you know, just so I just so I could do this 16-hour drive that we somehow, you know, booked for ourselves.
0: Yeah. Somehow this one got snuck into the routing. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: When you you said a thirty ounce cup of coffee, like how are yeah. you taking that coffee?
2: Straight black. Uh, oh usually, my god! Yeah. yeah, I try and chug it, and then when that fails, I just kind of like I make sure every fifteen minutes, especially because like an overnight drive on this yeah. last tour, we, or the second to last tour, we had some drives. I think we had to drive from Texas to Florida. Oh um, yeah, cool. yeah, and I I don't know what fell through or what happened, uh, but yeah, I did all of it, and it was terrible it was so bad but um that's how it goes sometimes you know so coffee's yeah. a lifesaver
1: yeah oh my god okay <laughs> straight black coffee that's yeah. a lot
2: <laughs> i'm just I'm, I'm not a i'm not like coast but i've never been like a cheese cream milk kind of person so i'm just and i'm i definitely hate sugar so i'm like let me just get this over with you know Oof.
1: that's fair which yeah. sounds
2: insane i sound like a serial killer but yeah I, just a it day. is what it
1: is
0: <laughs> anyone that just drinks straight black coffee i'm like. Do I want to be in the same room as you? Like what yeah. what are you going to no. do to me?
2: Yeah, the answer is a resounding no. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so, on the topic of food, if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be?
2: Oh god, if we were a dish.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Honestly, probably some fried chicken. Um, Ooh. Eli and I are Southerners, Tasha's from Delaware, and then our um our lead guitarist who tours with us is from North Carolina. So, we usually we're a big chicken heavy band um it's easy to share it's good yeah. on the budget you know so mm-hmm. definitely fried chicken maybe some like barbecues or like some baked beans mac and cheese mm-hmm. some collards i think mm-hmm. it would be just a nice southern platter that right. sounds delicious it. yeah it's a uh, for
1: good oh yeah
0: <laughs> uh so for the last couple of questions we're gonna shift away from music and go straight to death row
1: Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so
2: let's do it
0: so if you're on death row what would your last meal be with a drink
2: oh god um so fun fact before well not even before food um my one of my first loves was cooking i went to culinary vote vo- school so this is a very hard question for me um i don't know like like the bougie chef in me wants to say like like a beef bourguignon with like some caviar deviled eggs, but it would probably once again be fried chicken.
0: It's um. <laughs> an <laughs> elaborate dish, and you're like actually yeah. just fried chicken. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like I, again, I grew up in South Carolina, Mississippi. Uh, my dad's from Florida. Um, I had family all throughout Georgia. So really, just like fried chicken, cornbread, or no, probably a biscuit. No, yeah, fried chicken with a biscuit, some honey. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was fancy, maybe Korean fried chicken, but I don't have time for that. So it's fried chicken with a biscuit and then just a really good sour beer.
1: All right. There you go. Perfect. Okay. Uh, so if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live?
2: Oh my God. Um, probably, so I actually just finished reading this book. So I probably would pick that. It's called Rosewater and it's, uh, it's sci-fi, but it's written by a Nigerian man. Um, mm. This year, my whole goal is to read more Black, uh sci-fi and fantasy mm-hmm. um it's this like really cool world where he like aliens have visited but they're like more of like a microorganism that get into your body and give oh. you psychic powers so mm. he's like but it's not like i can like move things with my mind he's like it's like based in science the guy that wrote it i think is a neurosurgeon or something crazy like that yeah and his free time wrote a sci-fi trilogy but um wow. and it's like he's like so like literally he's like he can block your eye receptor so like he becomes invisible or like you know he can like intuit where you're going to go so you can like if you arrest him he can just walk out the door it's like a domino from x-men type thing where he just like can get lucky and get out the door so that yeah. world sounds really cool and it's like nigeria nigeria has become the capital of the world so like all this great food and culture and like having mm-hmm. to take place in africa i think i would like to spend the week there Hi.
1: that sounds amazing what was the name of that again it's, I, it's- I would like to write that down Actually,
2: it's called Rosewater oh. <laughs> <laughs> by, by, by Tate Thompson. Yeah, I just finished the first one and I'm starting the second one. And it's, awesome. it's really cool. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Sounds of course. Sick. Uh,
0: so I have the honor of asking the last question and every single person we've spoken to have said that is the most important question.
2: Oh, God. Okay.
0: What's your favorite Ready. color?
2: Green. I, uh, yeah. I know green is not a creative color, whatever that oh, viral song said. Mm-hmm. But a nice shade of olive green is all I need. Um, just the best things are green. The planet, um, avocados, yeah. um, my, my, my dumbbell set here. So there you go. You know, just green, green is it for sure.
0: Hell yeah. I all right. It. Uh, so as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug?
2: Uh, yeah. Record dropped March 25th. Uh, we have a UK and European tour coming after that. Hopefully by the time this interview drops, we'll have announced the European leg um that would we, be awkward yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if, 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 if not we've got a european let coming up and then we're gonna hopefully do the damn thing and tour on this record in more places and come say hi at the merch table and yeah thank you so much for having me hell yeah thank of
0: you for us. Uh this has been eric from proper and we have been the good noise podcast